This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today. Some of you may be watching for the first time. Thank you for tuning in. And others of you watch every time we're on the air. We want to thank you as well. Now today we want to talk about something that touches the life of every human being. Plain talk about temptation. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course. We've been offering this for a long time. Thousands of people all over the world are taking the course. We'd like for you to have it. In order that you might know more about the course and that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading from the book of James, which is a very practical book about living the Christian life. But we're going to be looking in the chapter 1 and start our reading about verse number 13. And I'll read down through verse 18. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. That's reading James chapter 1, 13 through 18. But Mark Anthony was well known as the silver tongue orator of Rome. He was a very brilliant man. He was also a very courageous soldier. But there was one thing that he lacked. He lacked strength of character. He was powerful on the outside. He was weak on the inside. And once his tutor shouted at him, O Marcus, O colossal child, able to conquer the world, but unable to resist temptation. I believe what was said of Mark Anthony fits many people today. 
They're able to do a lot of things that might be considered to be good and powerful, but they just cannot resist a temptation. You see, there, there is no one who is immune to temptation. Listen to what the, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Notice he said that all people are tempted. No temptation has taken, overtaken you, but such as is common to man. You see, no one is immune. But the thing about temptation is that you can deal with it. You can overcome temptation. Jesus indicated that in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41 when he said, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Now, there are some facts that we want to think about that describe what temptation is. And I want you to think about these facts with me. First of all, it is always there. Temptation is always present in our life. Listen to verse 13 again. Let no one say when he is tempted. You see, it's not if we are tempted. It's when we are tempted. It's not a matter of whether or not you're going to be tempted. I'm going to be tempted. The fact is, all of us are. There's just no way that we can eradicate temptation. Now, the second thing we want to notice about temptation is that, that it's not from God. God is not the source of the temptation. Look at verse 13 again, James 1. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Don't blame it on God. In Genesis chapter 3 and 12, when Adam tried to shift the blame to God, and, and the Lord was asking him why he had done what he had done in the Garden of Eden. He said, the woman that you gave me. He was seemingly trying to shift the blame back to God. If you hadn't given, given me the woman, this wouldn't have happened. But then temptation always follows a process. And it's a consistent process. Look at verse 14 and 15. Each... Each one is tempted, but each one is tempted when he is what? Drawn away. Drawn away by what? By his own desires and enticed. And then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Let, let me say this at this point. It is not a sin to be tempted. Our Lord was tempted, but he did not yield to temptation. Hebrews 4 and verse 15 says, We have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, who was tempted in all points like as are we, yet without sin. So Jesus Christ was tempted in every conceivable way. Just like you're tempted, like I'm tempted, Jesus was tempted. The difference in Jesus and the rest of us he never yielded to a temptation. And temptation follows this process. 
the old devil drops the bait. Notice he, you're drawn away by your own desires. The bait is dropped. Our inner desire is attracted to the bait. We are enticed. We are enticed. Uh, someone suggested that that word enticed is a fishing term. Well, if you go fishing and you put bait on the hook, you throw the, the line into the water, and the hook in the water with the bait on the end of it, that is on the hook, you're hoping that there's a fish down there somewhere that's going to like the bait enough that they'll bite the hook. And the devil knows what kind of bait to use. You see, the bait is dropped. The devil is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. He knows how to get us. He knows where we are at our weakest point. And our inner desire then is is attracted to the bait that the devil drops, and then we take the bait. You see, sin occurs when we yield to temptation. Sin occurs when we allow those sinful desires to enter into to our minds, and then it gives birth to sin. When we are tempted... We can resist the temptation. That's why in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, we're told to resist the devil and he will flee. But when we see the bait, we're enticed by the bait, we take hold of the bait, and our desires enter into our mind, and what we have in our mind leads us into some overt action that would be sinful. But another thing about temptation, temptation seems to grow and to flourish when we're not thinking properly. Look at James chapter 1 and verse 16. He says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. The word deceived really means to be led down the wrong path. So some people are led down the wrong path in life. And we are deceived when we think that giving in to some temptation is going to lead to a better life. We are deceived when we think that giving in to a temptation is going to lead us into commit, to, to contentment. We are deceived when we think that we are so strong that I can handle it by myself. Every time that we say yes to temptation, it makes it harder to say no the next time. It's, uh, this, this is an individual matter. This matter of being tempted. Look at back in verse 14. But each one is tempted. Well, when is each one tempted? Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires, and enticed. So this is an individual matter. This is not something that we're going to be, be able to, to blame others for. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires. Well, 
how are we going to re, the, uh, uh, be victorious over temptation? Well, I think there's several things that are suggested in the verses that I read that will help us deal with temptation and be victorious. First of all, we need to suge I suggest that we need to focus on and dwell on the good stuff of life. Now, there's a lot of bad stuff in life. I don't think I'd have to convince you of that. We need to dwell on the good. Every good gift, and every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation nor shadow of turning. See, what we need to do is to think on the good and perfect things God has provided for us. And when you begin to focus on the good things and the perfect things that God has provided for us, it makes, us, it, makes it much easier to deal with the sin in your life and to overcome the temptation. Let me read a passage out of the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You see, we need to think on the good things. Dwell on the good things. Let me say, say something here. Whatever you think about long enough, you will do it. Someone says, well, Brother Lambert, I don't really believe that. No, I suggest to you that whatever you think about long enough, you're going to do it. Solomon says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And hence, if we would start thinking about the good, dwelling on the good instead of the bad, then we will be drawn to the good. So we need to sow good thoughts. We need to sow good deeds. And that roots out the weeds of temptation. But another thing we notice, and this comes from the 18th verse, that we gain victory over temptation through living the truth. Listen to verse 18 again. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You see, we're brought to the Lord with his word. And victory over temptation comes through living the Word. Purity comes through the Word. The question is asked in the 119th Psalm, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And the answer is, by taking heed to the Word of God. It also says in verse 9, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You see, we're not to only study the Word, we're to obey the Word. And when we began to study the Word and obey the Word, temptation will begin to lose its foothold in our lives. I liken studying the Bible to a wire wastebasket. And if I had a wire wastebasket here in my hand, what would you think of me if I told you I was going to fill that wire wastebasket with water? 
Well, you say that'd be a very foolish thing to think you could fill a wire wastebasket with water because it would just run out. That's exactly right. But I'll tell you what I'd have. I'd have a clean wire wastebasket. I'd get all the, clean, all of the dirt out of it. I'd have the, I'd get all the impurities out of it. I may not be able to remember everything I read and study in the Bible. As a matter of fact, I don't think anyone remembers everything that they read in the Bible. The person who says that they do remember everything must have a better memory than anyone I know. You see, you may study it today, and a week later, you begin to try to reflect on what you studied in a particular place, and, and don't you have to go back and refresh yourself? But let me tell you what you do when you take the pure Word of God and you filter it into your mind and into your heart. You, you may not be able to retain it all by memory, and you may not be able to recite it back by memory, but by continuing to filter the pure Word of God into your mind and into your heart, you begin to push all the impurities out of your life. And you're going to keep your life clean and pure through the Word of God. Well then, let us notice that our Lord was a was tempted. You remember in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus was led by the Spirit up into the wilderness to be tempted? Well, when Jesus was tempted, how did Jesus overcome that temptation? Well, I'll tell you exactly how he did it. Back in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus Christ resorted to the Word of God. For example, in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus said, It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Uh, then again, in verse 7, Jesus said, It is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Then in verse 10, he says, uh, For away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, him only shall you serve. Three times, Jesus said, it is written. And he was using the word of God. And of course, the, that part of the scriptures that he had reference to when he said it is written was the Old Testament. The New Testament had not been made at that point. But Jesus resorted to God's word in overcoming temptation and Satan. Eve was tempted in the Garden of Eden. She rejected God's word. Why, the Lord had said the day they ate of the fruit in the midst of the garden, they would die, and Satan said, You shall not surely die. And she rejected God's word, and she believed the lie she had been told, and that's the reason Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. Well, someone says, How are we going to handle temptation? Let, let me give you some suggestions, and these are merely suggestions for you to handle and deal with with temptation in your life. You need to arm yourself for it. Arm yourself. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. In verse 10, Paul there said, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil are his schemes, his his uh, plans, his, his tricks. 
and he'll use every trick that he has to get you. If one thing doesn't do it, something else will. So in order that we might handle temptation, Paul says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. We can stand against him, but you have to be prepared. You need to arm yourself for it. I, I would recommend for your reading, Ephesians 6, verse 10, through at least verse 18, where Paul gives a description of the armor that we're to put on. I've read this many, many times. I've preached from it many times. And unless I've missed something, the only part of armor, or the part of the body that is not protected by armor, is the back. Everything has to do with the front, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation and the like. All of those things have to do with the front of man. And I think the reason that there's not anything mentioned as protecting the back of man, we're not to turn our back on the devil. Because once you turn your back upon him, and you get, he will take advantage of you just as surely as you live. Now the second thing we need to do is we need to flee from temptation, run away from it. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 7 to resist the devil. And when you resist the devil, he will flee. Isn't that what young Joseph did when he was in uh, uh, Egypt and in the house of Pharaoh? And day by day, Pharaoh's wife would come to him, enticing him to sin with her. Come lie with me. And Joseph said, and this is found in Genesis 39 verse 9, I can't do that and sin against God. And he didn't say, I can't do that and sin against you. It would have been a sin against the woman. He didn't say, I can't do that and sin against Pharaoh. It would have been a sin against Pharaoh. He didn't say, I can't do that and sin against my mother and daddy. It would have been a sin against his parents. He said, I can't do it in sin against God. And so he fled. He fled the scene. You see, Joseph said no. I don't believe that Joseph made the decision to say no when he began to be tempted. I'm convinced that Joseph had been taught all of his life that when you get in a situation such as that, you remember there's a God in heaven and that if you do that, you'll be sinning against God. We need to be teaching our young people today to flee from sin. Why, for example, if one of them is uh, tempted by one of their friends to, to get into the drug culture, they need to say no. To have the courage to stand up and say no. If they try to get them to drink, say no. If they're in, enticed into some sexual escapade, they, they need to have the courage to say no to temptation, to say no to sin. And that's a hard word to say sometimes, isn't it? To say no. No to the devil. Flee. Flee from it. Another suggestion that I would make is that you rise above it. You rise above it. Uh, that's what Paul had in reference, had reference to in Romans the 12th chapter. 
when he said, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So don't be conformed to the world. You be transformed. And then you rise above the temptation. And then you need to ask for help. It's good to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You see, we need to ask for help, and we've not done the best we can until we ask for help. We need to realize, when we think about temptation, that the pleasure of sin is only temporary. It only lasts for a little while. But the consequences of sin can last for a lifetime. The consequences of sin can last for all eternity. So we need to handle temptation. I, I su su uh, have an idea that right now that I'm speaking to some heart who, who's been dealing with some sin in his or her life. And you really feel guilty about it. You know that you're wrong. I didn't handle it well. Let me suggest one thing to you. Let, let me suggest that you start over. And that you start over with Jesus. To give your life to Christ. You see, I know that's right. All of us need to come to the foot of the cross where there's cleansing for sin. Zechariah 13 and 1 says, in that, day, in that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of Jacob and the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. And there is a fountain open. And that's the fountain opened at Calvary. Would you take advantage of it? By believing in Jesus Christ. John 8, 24. By repenting of your sins. Luke 13, 3. By confessing your faith in Christ, Romans 10, 9 and 10. And by being baptized into Christ, Galatians 3, 27. That your sins be washed away in that blood, Acts 22, verse 16. Oh, I'd encourage you to handle the temptation in your life, but handle it with Jesus. Handle it with Him. I want to thank you for watching today and in the closing moments May I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Coming to Faulkner has been one of the best decisions of my life. Not only have I had the chance to meet many great professors, but I've had the chance to be educated by them and become their friends. I had the opportunity to serve the community through Faulkner's service programs. I really enjoyed using my talents by helping others. At Fulton University, we seek to educate the whole person, including mind, spirit, and soul. That's what makes us different. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, 
or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.